So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by Greg Funtz as we are talking ice racing. As David was a part of a special event in Minnesota over the weekend, we will get insights on that. Plus, look ahead to the clash at the Coliseum, which will be this Sunday in our news and notes segment. Plus, our Ask David segment coming up at the end of today's show. David Starr joins us as always. David? Good to be back on the uh, racetrack. A little bit different, uh, though, uh, circumstance. Tell us about uh, how that all went this uh, past weekend, David. Man, what a, uh, you know, it was such a great weekend this past weekend. Uh, I got an opportunity to get, to fly up to Duluth, Minnesota, and go ice racing. And that's crazy, man, the ice racing. I've heard of ice racing for years. I think I've seen some magazine articles. Uh, I've never seen it. Uh, I've never seen it, and uh, to have the opportunity to go up to Duluth, Minnesota, and to race on ice was just an unbelievable experience, and a lot of a lot of fun. I met a lot of great people, and man, I can't wait to go back and do it again. <laughs> Don McArthur of the RacingExperts.com is here as well. Don, how are we feeling? We're feeling good. I mean, I've done a little bit of ice racing, but like around street corners and stuff, nothing to the level David has. I'm looking forward to hearing more about this, Dave. I, I imagine it's nothing like being on the streets or like dirt tracks. Yeah, at least with dirt tracks, you have grip, or I would, at least I would imagine. You, yeah, you do, do, man. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I tell you, the people over there, the people up there, uh, uh, what they do and how they drive these race cars on ice, uh, the skill set they have and what they do is, pretty impressive you know because you can only imagine driving on a three-eighths mile ice racetrack that looks like a three-eighths mile dirt track or asphalt track but it's all ice you're on a freaking lake Man. uh it's it's nuts the whole concept is nuts to me but you know the the men and women there's a lot of there's a lot of females that participate as well not only as drivers a lot of females that are kind of helping run the organization uh, but man, these people, uh, one of the things they're very passionate about their ice racing and you kind of have to be when you're, when it's zero degrees and you're standing on 18 to 18 inches of ice and you're ice racing, you know, but it was pretty amazing. Uh, unbelievable. That's really cool. David, we'll hear more about it in just a second, but you know, this was kind of the kickoff to the racing season of sorts. We mentioned that Clash of the Coliseum is coming up here in just a couple days, which will uh, jumpstart the Cup Series season. But you had the Rolex 24 at Daytona this past weekend. Uh, the Chili Bowl, of course, was a couple weeks ago. You doing this thing with a couple NASCAR drivers involved. David, uh, the offseason, it's over. It's, man, it's, it's, it's over. You know, it, you know it, it doesn't really last that long for us drivers. You know, you guys, since – you know, we're great friends and, you know, when we get done there in Phoenix, you know, it's to me, it's you blink of an eye and you're back at Daytona, you know, but, uh, you know, the holidays are here. We're enjoying Thanksgiving with our families and Christmas time. And, you know, during that time, you're, you're, you're trying to renegotiate, uh, renegotiate, renegotiating contracts with your partners, trying to, uh, you know, tell other companies how great our sport is to bring them into the sport uh, you know, it's just, it goes by so quick, you know, and now we're days away from kicking off the, the NASCAR season with the, with man, I'd, I'd say just something that's very interesting with this uh, NASCAR cup series uh, being at the LA Coliseum. That's, that's kind of, I don't know about all of you guys, but man, I'm excited to watch it on television because it's so different. Uh, uh, so different than what we're used to seeing, especially for the cup guys. I mean, you know, the shortest racetrack we race on is Barnesville, Virginia and Bristol. And man, they're going to the LA Coliseum and, and guys, I don't even know how big that track is. I don't think it's anywhere close to a half mile. It is right at a quarter mile. <laughs> and the one thing it has going for it when it comes to size is it is wide. And so that will make things a little bit easier, but this is the debut of the next gen car. 36 drivers involved, 23 will make the main event. Dominic, what a start to the season, and we've never seen anything like this before. We've always run the clash at Daytona and 
Last year it was the road course, but now this, this is uh, going to be something else. See, and I thought last year was going to be a very interesting race on the Daytona road course. And we had seen the cup race there in 2020 and the stock cars having to utilize that course because of the pandemic. And then to go out of the box even further and capitalize on the audience that's going to be out there in L.A. this week for the Super Bowl and all the eyes that are on L.A. right now. NASCAR picked a very good opportunity here to not only open the season with something different, but yeah, we were talking before the show, too, and we've been talking about this for weeks at a time. There's a really big opportunity for NASCAR to cash in here and to be able to get new fans. And Tyler feel like I had seen something from Adam Stern, one of the NASCAR reporters for the Business Insider, that he had said that I think there was like 70% of the tickets that had been sold for the LA Coliseum race had not, or they were non-NASCAR fans or people that were going to a race for the first time. Which is impressive. And they're expecting between 70, 75,000 fans. <laughs> and, you know, the promotion that it's been getting, Fox has been promoting it right along with the Daytona 500 as well. David, I know it's an exhibition race, but as much as we've been talking about it, it doesn't feel that way. This feels like a big deal to, to kick off the NASCAR season. Well, I think it's a big deal, you know, because it's got a worldwide audience. You know, like you, like uh, Dominic was saying, with the, with the whole world kind of coming to L.A. for the Super Bowl next week, the following week, your audience uh, is uh, a big – it's a big opportunity for NASCAR – I hope we hit a, a big uh, hit a home run with it because, I mean, our sport's already worldwide anyway, but I hope it turns out to be awesome. And you guys, man, uh, you know, when beating and banging, when we run at Bristol, we run at Martinsville, man, we use a lot of that front bumper. Uh, so I think it'll be exciting for the fans. And, uh, man, everybody's trying to make the 23 cut to make that main event the feature. And uh, I don't think everybody's going to play nice. So I think it's uh, going to be exciting times. And uh, I'm excited. I think my hat's off to NASCAR for really stepping outside of that box and doing something different. And, hey, who knows, man, this might turn into a long-term deal to, to race. And, and if it's a home run, hopefully they bring the NASCAR Truck Series there and the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Who knows? But, uh, but I just know that that race on Sunday is going to have a big audience. A lot of people, and like hearing you guys speak about it, you know, a lot of new eyes into the sport. You know, if we can we can bring in some new fans, it's going to be great for our industry, no doubt. Yeah, it's not going to have any competition, really, as uh, you have the Pro Bowl that day, but I don't think it's competing directly time slot-wise. And a uh, big opportunity, a lot of eyeballs looking for something to watch uh, with uh, most of football over at this point. We'll talk more about that coming up later on in our news and notes segment, but – Let's uh, talk ice racing. David, tell us about our next guest here. Man, you know, having the opportunity to go to Duluth, Minnesota and go to Lake Superior and race on ice, I met Greg. Uh, Greg, uh, Greg Plunts. Am I saying that right, Greg, your last name? Sure, yep. You got All it. Right, man, I'll I'm, I'm just make sure I nailed it. Uh, <laughs> Greg Plunts. Greg is the president of the Lake Superior Ice Racing Association. And, man, what a show that him and his staff and the people that run this organization, man, they put on a heck of a show. It was eye-opening. It was something way outside the box for me. And, man, I'm glad I took the opportunity and just so thankful. But, man, Greg, wel welcome to our show, buddy. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Man, we, we got a lot of fans that tune in. And, and uh, man, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where to start because it's so crazy. <laughs> but, man, how did Greg – Greg, how did you get involved in racing? Or, I mean, how did all this ice racing stuff come about? You know, you've been doing this a long time. Or, you know, kind of share with us uh, your story about all this. Well, you know, I, I'm a uh, racing enthusiast. I've uh, been uh, interested in racing, you know, like you most of my life. And, um and, uh, you know, up here in the wonderful Northland, God's country, we have uh, winter ice, uh, you know, many months out of the year. You know, we start freezing water a lot of times in November and it doesn't leave till, you know, May. Uh, so so uh, what, what else do you do? But, you know, we, we're, uh, we race on ice. We have it a lot. You know? um, we also race in dirt but in the summertime, but uh, race on ice up here in the wintertime. We have a lot of it, a lot of the season. Um, uh, a friend of mine decided 
that uh, he was trying to get me involved in ice racing. Um, and uh, the best way to do that with me is I'm not a, a big fan of watching. I'm a big fan of being involved. And he says, well, I just happen to have another car. Here's the keys. Uh, go. So, okay. So I, that's how I got started. I jumped in somebody else's car, just like you, and and uh, it started racing. And, and I was hooked. I built a new, I built a car the next year. And yeah, that was almost eight years ago now. Man, it, it, it's amazing, guys. It's 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 so addicting, man. I, I wanted to tell those guys before I left, hey, I'm going to send a check up there, build me a car, you know what I mean? Because I want to have a car up there. I want to go ice racing more, you know, but you guys know as well as I do that, you know, we just, I don't think we can spit, uh, uh, fit anything else in our schedule for the racing season, but man, right. what a, I just, I was just so impressed with the organization how nice everybody was and how good of drivers uh, that these people that race on ice, how good they are. It was amazing. And, uh, and man, you know, it, it's, man, you, I've never seen a frozen, I don't know about Dominic and Tyler, but I've never seen a bay, a, a lake that looks like an ocean that's frozen over, dude. And, and I was asking Greg, man, I mean, these guys, they go out there, they plow a racetrack into it. Uh, there's no walls, but, man, the ice, they kind of plow up. They, they, they have a berm, and you don't want to hit that berm. It sucks you into it. And, uh, man, it, it's an awesome racetrack, and it was just uh, just an awesome experience. So, man, Greg, you, I mean, as the president of the, uh, of the, of the association, I mean, you're involved in every aspect of it, and y'all, I don't know how it all works, but your racetrack eventually turns into water, and you've got a lake, and you got boats everywhere, and then all of a sudden, the lake freezes over, and then, uh, man, you know, do y'all change the racetrack, or do y'all, you pretty much do the same track? Share with us a little bit about that. Well, it usually starts by, um, you know, deciding what we want to do over, you know, over the years that we've been racing, um, you know, building a regular oval or a regular circle, you know, that we try to make it fair and fun for everybody. Uh, Cause we also have front wheel drive as long as rear wheel drives as a scene. And we want to make it, and we don't have different classes. So we race the rear wheel drives race against front wheel drives. And we, we want the competition to, to be fun for everybody, not just for one group. So we, I tried to design uh, a buddy of mine is also on the board, Bill um, took you know, take some tracks uh, that we know we will decide to go to three ace mile, uh, try to get a design that uh, might be intuitive for both uh, front wheel and rear wheel drive cars. Uh, so we actually go out there, we do some measurements and, and with strings and ropes and, and, and sticks and uh, uh, draw, draw lines. And, and then we take the power trucks and, and uh, push out the snow banks and uh, for safety and barriers and, and away we go. That's that's pretty much that's pretty much how we get the track, uh, you know, prepared. We got a drag. Uh, we've got uh, uh, it's a it's a big trailer with a bar that comes down with uh, railroad spikes welded to it that chew the track up, so we can what we call preparing the track, uh, chip it up a little bit, give it a little bit of uh, texture. Texture, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we call it traction, but yeah, <laughs> texture. Uh, you know, because there is no traction, so it's it's a uh, uh, just a feel that you can. It feels a little bit better than than actual an ice skating rink, uh, but uh, there's not much there. Um, yeah, that's 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 how it goes. It's just, hey guys, uh, it it was man, it was it was amazing. You know how competitive it was, and like Greg is saying, there's front front wheel drive cars, there's rear wheel drive cars, and everybody's fighting for traction, man, and you know, you think ice racing, you think, you know, it's like a dirt track. You're going to hang the rear end out and you, you drive it with the throttle. But I learned real quick, man, you drive it with the brakes and the throttle and and, and trying to keep that car. Uh, you don't want the back to really slide out. You want to keep it going forward and working the throttle, working the brake and everybody's fighting for traction, you know, and uh, and man, you, you, you can see the racetrack changing you, and you can see the the ice where it's uh you know the clear ice you don't want to be on clear ice and 
it's amazing how good the racing is and, and how good the drivers are. I, I was just, I fell in love with it, man. It was amazing. And every time I went out, I had a rider, I had somebody riding with me and that was really cool. And one of the things that's really neat about ice racing, you know, you can spend $10,000, $20,000 on an engine, but you're wasting your money because you can take a guy that's got a three cylinder or a four cylinder and he'll beat you. And because it's all about, you know, hooking up the rear tires, getting the thing to get some traction and it creates great racing, you know? So it was just a, a fun experience and Tyler and Dominic, y'all need to go up there next time we go up there next winter next and, and uh, participate. Cause it was awesome. <laughs> I'd love to get okay. behind the wheel. Absolutely. Sign me up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm down. It sounds exciting. So uh, here, here's my naiveness. This is my dumb question that I, I, I had to ask because it's on everybody's minds, I'm sure. I mean, the idea of just this, you know, the ice and such, how does the weight of the cars, how does the ice handle that much weight of the cars? I mean, that's got to be some pretty frozen stuff we're talking about here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's... It's a sheet ice, uh, you know, when a lake freezes, we, we wait till we get a certain thickness, you know. Uh, we like right around, you know, 16, 18 inches for, uh, to get that kind of weight and, and cars going around because we, we are still making waves because um, it's not frozen all the way to the ground. We don't, the lake doesn't freeze completely. Uh, so the ice is sitting on top of the water. So we want some security. You know, you got 16, 18 inches of ice uh, and that seems to be the of good ice. Uh, we, we you know, before we let it, you know, any kind of racing or anybody on the track, uh, we do weekly uh, measurements of the ice. You know, we drill holes, take a chainsaw. We actually take samples out and, and look at it uh, to see if it's uh, good ice. You know, we want crystal clear ice, like good ice cubes, you know, uh, uh, that that's harder ice. Uh, if it's, in, you know, there's any white in it. Uh, that means there's air pockets and that's not as good ice. So we need more of that to, to, to go race on. So uh, like we had, you know, 17, 18 inches uh, last weekend um, uh, throughout uh, of good, clean, clear ice. And we know that's going to hold um, all that weight, all the people. Um, it does move around. You can actually feel it when you're sitting in the, the, the spectator area or the pits when, when all these cars are going around. Um, you can actually feel the ice, you know, moving a little bit because we're we're making waves underneath there. Um, but it, uh, hey guys, is is that amazing? I mean, there's I mean, there's there's three four hundred spectators and their cars and and there's a pit area, uh, trailers and trucks. I mean, it's it's like being at a, a a local racetrack, asphalt or dirt. I mean, it's it's a real organization that races like any other type of racing. It's it's amazing. Well, what I'm fascinated with, Greg, and you can give some insight on this, the fact that not only David, but we, there were some other NASCAR stars there that were competing in this event. So just, just tell us the, the list of drivers who were there and, and how you guys were able to recruit getting some of these NASCAR heavy hitters to come out to the event. Well, that was uh, uh, due to, you know, get the other ones out there. Of course, David brought the... Uh, Stephen Light. Brought them out. Um, you know, we had, uh, we, had, we had Stephen, we had... Uh, Josh, Josh, Josh Remy, uh, yep. Ray, Ray, how do you say his last name, Dominic? Rayum. Ray, who's a friend of mine. I don't even know his last name, but Josh <laughs> Rayum. <laughs> I always mess that up. But and then, uh, and then one of his employees, uh, he also was his uh, Jonathan. I think that was it. Yeah, Jonathan. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good time. They uh, they uh, some adapted a little better and faster than others, but uh, uh, <laughs> they all had a really good time. And, and uh, uh, you know, they're professional race car drivers, so they uh, they caught on and then and, and realized right away, as you did, how uh, different uh, it is. <laughs> and I, you know, even when I was sitting in the passenger seat and he's uh, Stephen was piling into the corner, and I'm like, whoa, you know, easy. <laughs> there's no there's no stop in the back end in this one. <laughs> and Greg, I was reading too. I guess somewhere that Jeffrey Earnhardt was going to try to be there too, but a scheduling conflict didn't let that happen. Yeah, I wish that would happen now. More the merrier. It was a good time. It really was a good time to um, uh, everybody in the Northland. Um, you know, we're in Superior, Wisconsin. You know, Duluth, Minnesota is just literally two minutes. You know, you have to get there from. You know, he came through from Duluth to get to Superior. Um, everybody loves racing up here, uh, all of all kinds. 
So we're all always a NASCAR fans, been NASCAR fans all my life, like most of the Northland. Man, and you mentioned the amount of fans there. I mean, to think just how cold it was, that's some dedication. I mean, that, that's got to be awesome to have that turnout considering the circumstances. Well, we, we uh, like I say, we have winter around here many months out of the year. So uh, a lot of our fans are used to stuff like that. And, and what else do you do? You know, let's uh, go watch them racing. And we have it available. So they sit in their vehicles and, and uh, with the heat on and they're comfortable and, and set the spectator uh, parking so they can watch the track. Uh, from their vehicles. So, uh, but it was a really nice day. We had what 28 degrees, barely any wind. Uh, sun was out. Uh, that's kind of a rarity. They, they uh, it was a, it was an awesome day for um, you know people that are not used to that kind of uh, conditions to come out and, and enjoy it. It was actually pretty nice. I wasn't used to being frozen. That's 28 degrees is nuts. You know what I mean? They Greg says they're usually racing in you know uh, zero degrees or seven eight. 10 degree weather, you know what I mean? It's just nuts. But this man, the fans were very passionate. The racers, uh, Greg's, uh, Greg's board of direct, you know, all the people involved with the association and their wives, everybody was just so nice. And, and these people were passionate. You know, it's fun to talk to people about what they're doing to their race cars or ice racing cars to try to get them to hook up. And, and it's interesting. The front tires have, uh, have, I guess you call them spikes or studs in them. Yeah. And uh, some people, somebody was telling me, Greg, those tires come from uh, another country. And, uh, and you know, the rear tires are, are kind of like a, a truck knobby tire. And, uh, man, these guys are changing springs, adding weight, and, and, and trying to get the weight to transfer to get traction. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a big deal, you know what I mean? And the fans – uh, and during the intermission time, we uh, Greg took ten cars over to the other side, and the fans got to walk around, see the cars, take talk to all the different racers, and it was just a uh, man. I, I really didn't know what I was really stepping into, but I, uh, but man, I I had a ball. It, it was it was amazing and a great experience, one I'll never forget. And uh, and now you guys, I'm I'm recruiting all the other competitors I'll be racing with. Hey, you guys got to we got to go up to. Duluth, Minnesota next winter time and an ice race, you know, so I'm sure we have four NASCAR drivers. I'm sure next year we're going to have 10 or 12 of them, you know, and Dominic and Tyler, y'all going to have to come up there too and race, you know what I mean? It oh, was, I'm down. Uh, to, I've only ever tested a, a car on a dirt track, a hobby stock race car, but I do want to get more <laughs> racing. I'm down to do it, Dave. I might have to pick some pointers and pick your brain a little bit on it. Dude, it was amazing. Josh Remy, Josh rode with me for the feature. <laughs> I think he was having a great time, man. I kept telling him, Turn the windshield wipers on, hell. There's five or six of them throwing snow and, and ice into our windshield. It was, it was amazing, man. It was like racing at Martinsville, Bristol. It was unbelievable, you know, and, and uh, remind me of the old Bristol. Because if you got off the bottom, you got somebody got underneath you coming off the corners like, like the race they're going to, I believe, the race this weekend in L.A. at the L.A. Coliseum. I think whoever can get their car to rotate better and get underneath the guy in front of you, uh, you know, he's, he's got the, he's got the preferred spot. It's going to make the pass. And that was the same thing in ice racing, man. You, you got to keep that car straight through the center of the corner. I mean, straight as possible and on the bottom, hugging the bottom and man, trying to get all the forward bite you can get. And that was a challenge. If you come, if you go through the center of the corner too fast and you slide up coming off the corner, well, you just opened up a hole for the guy to find you behind you to pass. So man, it was, uh, there was a lot of skill to it, and it was awesome. So, uh, man, Greg, thank you guys, and and uh, man, Barry Cynic. Barry Cynic's one of our sponsors, and, and uh, on the racing side, uh, Barry owns a company called Cynic Transport, and he's in the software industry as well. And uh, Mark Androwski and yourself, and all your whole staff, uh, uh, Greg, for for the racers up there that are very passionate about their racing and their race car, just as a racer myself, uh, having some NASCAR drivers come up north and come participate in y'all's racing organization and for the, 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 the car owners to let us drive their race cars, that's not easy, man. It's not easy giving up your race car so somebody else can jump in it, you know. And unfortunately, we had one of the cars that didn't survive the, 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 the week of the race, you know, it loaded up on the trailer because – 
somebody spun out and got hit and uh but man what an exciting time it was and what a great bunch of racers a great bunch of people oh yeah that sounds fantastic so greg i, I gotta know uh of the the nascar guys or the the guys that we may know and such who who stood out who who performed well <laughs> Well, they all did very well. Uh, uh, David was definitely, you could see he caught on uh, quite well, quite fast. Um, and definitely, definitely toward the end there, he, uh, in the future, he was definitely moving up. Um, you know, Steven was uh, right behind there. Uh, uh, you know, he had moments of glory and, and then uh, <laughs> he would remember a little too late that, yeah, he can't go into the corner that hot and, and, and lose it a little bit. But uh, he was catching on at the end there. Hey, guys, I learned real quick in my heat race or one of the heat races, you know, I thought I was somebody special. And uh, for some reason, I got off on the outside of a couple cars and made the pass. I'm going to take the lead the back straight away. I got a little bit, carry a little bit more speed. I got the momentum. I went into turn three and the leader was on the bottom and, and I jumped ahead of him and holding it down. And I took a little bit too much speed into turn three. <laughs> and like Greg says, man, you you got to know what you're doing. And I was clueless. And man, I, I ended up I went from first to last with like with quick. And uh, but man, it's uh, it's a it's a great experience. I recommend it to everybody. And what a what I just thinking about it. I was talking to Stephen about it after we got through racing. We went and had some pizza and some uh, adult beverages. And uh, <laughs> what a. I mean, what a great opportunity for some young kids, uh, you know, uh, a girl or boy that's interested in great in fast cars and to start racing. You know, everybody had cool, all kinds of different types of cars. And, and man, you can probably ice race for $2,000, $1,500. It don't take much money to get you an ice race and turn a car into an ice racing car. And I'm the, and I was uh, – you know, I, I just feel like uh, that this this ice racing thing is going to grow and grow in the future because it's it's very affordable. But the racing on the racetrack was very intense and very great, great racing. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, was really good to have you guys uh, come back anytime. Uh, and yeah, uh, as far as uh, cost of cars, uh, they like I said with uh, horsepower, it. it it varies so much. You don't need a lot of horsepower. I, I have more horsepower than, than a lot of them just because I like to make a lot of noise, uh, but it doesn't do you any good, you know, so you have to be able to wrangle that horsepower down and, and, uh, and use it to your advantage. And, uh, but yeah, you can, you could build an ice racing car. Yeah. For, for hundreds of dollars and, and not thousands of dollars uh, and do very well and be competitive. Um, and, and we have all kinds of different vehicles. I mean, you've seen that, uh, the Dodge truck with uh, the engine in the box. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> hey, Greg, tell them about this Dodge truck. Hey, guys, y'all get a kick out of this. This was amazing. So to the so engineering, this, uh, what they're doing. This gentleman took uh, uh, a Dodge, a full-size Dodge truck. Uh, I believe it's from the, the mid-70s. Uh, regular cab, eight-foot box. Uh, it was a four-wheel drive truck. We don't allow four-wheel drives. It has to be rear-wheel drive or front-wheel drive. Uh, and of course, you know, having the weight in the front of the vehicle is, is pointless on the ice. You need all the weight on the, uh, on the drive. And so he said, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll put the, I'll take the engine out of the front, put it in the back. So he's got the engine transmission. And of course, with the four wheel drives, got the transfer case and, and, uh, uh, hook it up to the rear end. And he's got a little Briggs and Stratton engine, uh, under the hood to run his power steering. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, pull start. You pull start the the Briggs and Stratton, the little lawnmower engine, to so you can uh, so you can steer the truck. Uh, is that hey, dude? Is that that was unbelievable, man. The engines in the bed in the back of the truck for because you want to wait in the back. And this is a 1970 Dodge, whatever. And man, they're cr they're they're cranking up a lawnmower underneath the hood. I'm thinking, what is going on? They got a Briggs and Stratton motor running the power steering pump under the hood, so the guys got. It was unbelievable. And there's all kinds of different cars. It was the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. And, I, and I'm just so thankful that I had the opportunity. And I know Stephen Light and Josh as well. Um, they, they were said, man, this turned out to be one of the coolest racing days that we've had in a long time. It was, it was really it turned out to be a neat deal for us. <laughs> so Greg, what's the, uh, what's the future of this going forward? Uh, how, how do we get more attention and, 
and uh, people to know about what uh, you guys got going on here. I'd, I'd love to see this on TV or or streaming or something here. What, what what's next for you guys? Uh, you know, and I think we're I think we're doing it. Uh, we're talking about it, uh, just like anything. We start talking about it. Uh, uh, we we promote it on Facebook. Uh, there's some YouTube stuff. Uh, people are you know, putting it on YouTube. Um, yeah, I, I think we're doing it. Uh, uh, it. It was big. Uh, ice racing was big in you know. The, late 60s and 70s for a long time um it kind of went away for a while um but now it's coming back again you know just like everything else you know has its turns around turnarounds on it uh but i think uh i think we're doing it uh definitely that's awesome that's uh that's incredible we got time for a couple more questions uh david uh we, we, now that you've done this we got to get you on uh, ice road truckers <laughs> well, I, i'll pass on that man uh you know, I, I just felt like, uh, man, I, it just, it was great, man. I just felt like, I actually felt like when I first started racing, when I was 13, 14 years old, racing the dirt cars, you know, and trying to figure out how to get forward traction and, and just, man, it was just great racing. And, the, you know, I had to tell a story. There's a girl uh, that's on Greg's board on the association. And uh, what is her name, Greg? Larissa. Larissa. Yep. She's probably 22, 23 years old. She's young. And, uh, and dude, she beat me two or three races, man. I ran a bunch of heat races and, uh, she had a beautiful Monte Carlo and, uh, man, I'd, I'd get up behind her. And then I'm like, man, you can only follow her for so long, you know, and then that you got to make something happen. She held the perfect line in the center of the corner, off the corner entry, everything. And I said, well, I'll fix this. I'm going to get her on the outside. And dude, she kept that car straight. I, I I think we were door handle to door handle, and I felt like, man, I'm going to get her. And uh, I got her a couple times. I actually made the pass, but I'd entered the corner to uh, to we had too much speed on entry, and man, she she motor her on by and win the race. She was amazing, and it was just uh, it was just so cool the whole process. But uh, Greg, if you don't mind, uh, share share with everybody where they can find out information on y'all's associate on your association, uh, you know, social media, website, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we got a we got a website. You can just uh, uh, hit the old Google and and uh, look up uh, Lake Superior Ice Racing Association and Lake Superior Ice Racing uh, Facebook. Um, yeah, it'll, we'll pop right up. Man. That that is that's so awesome. Cool. That's awesome. And I got to ask you, Dave, because you're always hearing about racers and this common theme that racers will hop in anything to learn something. What's the biggest lesson you learned racing this past weekend up in Minnesota? You know, I think it's cool. And, and it's a lesson uh, that we talk about a lot, you know, uh, finesse, uh, learn driving the race car with your right foot and the brake. You know, you're just you're trying to be smooth, get as much traction you know, and I think Greg said it earlier, he's got a, you know, his uh, Chevrolet Jimmy he has, it's pretty awesome looking ice racing vehicle. Uh, it sounds great. It's got an awesome motor in it. It's, it's a great race vehicle. Uh, but, you know, uh, you have to, you have to drive it right. You know what I mean? You got to enter the corner right, use some brakes, you know, use the brakes, give it gas. You're working the brake and the throttle, trying to keep it going straight trying to figure out how to get the forward traction, you know, and, uh, you know, it's like anything, if you're, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're 50 or 60 laps into a run, you'd walk, you burn up your fuel load, your tires are wore out, but everybody's tires are wore out and you're just trying to make sure you keep that momentum going forward. Uh, you know, when you, when you get your, your race car to rotate in the center of the corner, you just don't mat it, just mat the gas pedal all the way to the floorboard. I mean, you got to finesse the throttle. You got to work the throttle. And, uh, and it just, you know, it just teaches ice racing is just like any other racing. It's, it's the fundamentals of how you drive the race car, trying to keep it straight. You can't go in the corner like a wild man too fast or you're going to lose it. Just trying to keep the race car under control and finessing it with the brake and the throttle. And that's what racing's all about. So that's, you know, it, I had so much fun in the feature race. I had fun in the heat races because I run side by side with the leader trying to figure out how to just to get a little bit more forward bite than they were getting. And uh, man, and they taught me a lot of lessons. You know, I was sometimes I'd give it too much throttle. I got happy with the throttle and I'd go backwards, you know, and it's just, uh, 
it's 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 uh you got to be really patient with the throttle uh it's uh hit your mark every time and just uh be patient with the race car which is sometimes a challenge to do but these people that race in and greg's association and greg himself these people are very talented race car drivers i told them that uh what they do week in and week out racing on ice i i would say that's that's a lot harder than what we do week in and week out in nascar because man uh, i mean that was just very challenging as a driver we all you know myself uh steven light and and and, and josh we adapted to it but uh but it's not an easy process it's challenging but but man intense and a lot of fun <laughs> That is so cool, uh, and we, we appreciate you, Greg, for uh, sharing with us and uh, giving us a few minutes of your time today. We'd like to ask you to you know, stick around for uh, a few more things before we uh, wrap up today as uh, we transition now to our uh, news and notes segment for the latest happenings in the motorsports world. Dominic, let's start out with the clash this weekend. Go ahead and go over the format for us for uh, Sunday. Yeah, so the Clash will be the NASCAR season opener. The Clash will feature some heat races. 36 drivers are going to be attempting all chartered cars as part of the agreement in the Cup Series. Landon Cass will be in the 77 car. That'll be a one-off there. And it's going to be pretty cool to see some of these guys, see how this Coliseum race goes down, 23 cars making the A-Main. You said it best, Tyler, only one driver's locked in, and that's the defending series champion, Kyle Larson. Yeah, he's the only one locked in as there will be a provisional given to the highest remaining point finisher from last year uh, who does not qualify through the features. So that would mean that Kyle Larson's the only one that's guaranteed to advance. So, uh, David, uh, what should we expect on a Sunday, you think? Man, it, it's, you know, I, I don't really know what to expect, but no one – how we race in NASCAR and how we race it at Martinsville and how we race at Bristol, uh, man, it's, it's going to get intense quick. I mean, if there's only 23 spots open for the, for the main event, uh, and there's 36 cars that'll be trying to make a 23 or 24 car field, uh, we're going to see a lot of action. There's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, there's going to be a lot of beating and banging and that's when the, I mean, I think, I think the fans are going to love it. I think it was going to make for great television. Uh, it's interesting though, because we, this new next gen car, this is be the first race, the first time the race, the cars race in competition. And you know, what little I've heard from other competitors, a lot of other drivers have been testing them is the cars don't turn that well. They're tight in the center of the corner it's going to be interesting to see how they race on that little quarter mile track. But I just know uh, there's a lot of people excited. It's going to have a lot of eyeballs on it. It's going to have a big audience. And uh, I don't think it's going to dis disappoint any of us. Dominic, for me, what what's interesting about these exhibition events that um, even with these circumstances, we're talking about a, a limited supply chain, right? Of, not very many cars are built right now for anybody. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Not Nobody has hardly any cars right now. But you better believe these guys are still going to race hard. It's still important for them to try to get this win. They're going to lay it out, out on the line. We just don't see that in other sports in, in their exhibition events. I mean, the Pro Bowl is going to be going on the same day in the NFL. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> the, you know, the, you got like the NBA all-star game or the MLB all-star game. I mean, nobody cares about these things. NASCAR drivers are just, just built different for these type of events. I think you're right. And talking with Jeff Bodine over the years about this kind of stuff. I mean, Jeff took so much pride. He won the clash in 92. So I know it's a big deal to win that. He won the all-star race in 1994. And those wins are almost as big as the Daytona 500 in our sport. And you think about the credentials, whenever we're announcing a driver or a crew chief, David, Tyler, I mean, we always hear not only, I mean, they're not introduced as the Pocono 500 winners. They're introduced as Daytona 500 champions or all-star race winners or Bush clash winners. It, there's a lot of weight carried and a lot of prestige with it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Greg, uh, you interested? You're going to be watching this Sunday? Absolutely. Huge NASCAR fan. Yeah. What, what, what do you think about this, uh, this whole idea of this concept running the Coliseum there? 
I think it's great. Uh, I, I think that's uh, that's how uh, NASCAR, like any sport, is going to grow. It says doing something different. Um, you know, like the ice racing. You know, I think it's like ice racing, racing guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the NASCAR getting more into the road uh, road courses. Uh, I think it's great. I think uh, to try to get more uh, different fans. You know, um, you know, generations change. Even ice racing, it's hard to uh, to get new drivers and, and new ideas and. Uh, and, and that's how you get it, get them is, is doing something different. And, and NASCAR is doing that. And they're, they're, uh, they're definitely trying. You know, I'll, I'll say this much too, uh, David, you can kind of add to this is that for me, you know, yes, there are question marks about Sunday and how this is going to go and such. But for me, I look at NASCAR has earned my trust with what they did through this pandemic, through the leadership of Steve Phelps and Ben Kennedy to, to, you know, to get through all this and for the vision that they had out there, this has worked. Now, a few years ago, no way I would have said the same thing about Robin Pemberton, you know, and the, <laughs> and his whole, you know, shenanigans and such. I wouldn't have said that at all. But considering what they did to get to where the sport is at now under its current leadership, that to me is why I feel optimistic about Sunday and such that it's not going to be a mess because the track record of the current NASCAR leadership is really good. Yeah, no doubt about it. NASCAR, you know, I, I, my NASCAR always does a good job. They're trying to do what's best for the sport, the fans, and uh, man, they're just trying to make their product better. You know, you guys know as well as I do is the the championship format that we've had, the chase, uh, the the competition on the racetrack. The racing's been incredible, over the top. Some of the drama we have. We're drawing in new fans week in and week out. And, uh, man, I just think NASCAR has done a tremendous job. And you bring up a good point, Tyler. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody in a meeting today uh, with, with the lawyer um, and um, talking about racing and a contract. And, and I was telling them that talking about uh, back in, in, in March of 2020 when every sport shut down, and, uh, you know, when NASCAR took the lead to open our sport back up, you know, the whole world was watching the first major sport to open back up and to operate, you know. And I think NASCAR kind of set the tone for other sports and how they did it. They were watching I mean, they were under a microscope. And, and man, NASCAR did it spot on, you know, was able to have a major sport back on television. Granted, there was no fans in the stands and, and our partners, our sponsors couldn't bring customers uh, or employees. And, you know, there was a lot of uh, challenges there, but they did open the sport back up and it led to, you know, we, I think we drew in a lot of new fans because there was nothing else to watch. So they tuned into NASCAR and they loved it. And, uh, and then, you know, not shortly after that, I, I think it was, uh, I don't remember what sport it was, but, you know, I think we took the lead when I say we, the, the, the NASCAR industry and, uh, man, I, I think NASCAR has just done a tremendous job over the years, uh, drawing new people in, stepping outside the box and doing different things. Ben Kennedy, Steve Phelps, uh, you know, you know, I think even, you know, you talked about Robin Pemberton. I think Robin did a great job. Uh, it's a shame that he, uh, you know, he's not part of the, uh, you know, the organization anymore. But I thought Robin and everybody involved in NASCAR over the years, I think a sport, uh, you know, we obviously we had a downturn years ago uh, when the economy got tough and we lost some of our fans. I think, you know, the television was so good and, uh, but, man, I just think the sport's done a tremendous job. I think uh, the last five or six years, every year, we're seeing growth in the sport. And, man, the product on the racetrack is – I don't see – I don't. I can't see how you make it any better. You know what I'm saying, guys? I mean, y'all see the races. You're there covering them, and the racing's just unbelievable. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, Dominic, uh, who are you watching for? I know that this is – tough to predict that we've never seen this track before and you know we haven't seen any practice we haven't seen these cards or anything but who do you think the favorites are going into sunday i don't think you can look past kyle larson i look at some of these guys that have run really well at the short tracks i think brad keselowski martin trucks jr has just been a ball of fire the last four years 
on a short track. So those are three names that really come to mind. And I'm just really curious to see how Brad's going to do in this debut as the, the owner driver, co-owner driver at with the six team. I think there's going to be some eyeballs there. I think, man, I, I think we can even be expecting maybe some crashes and the teams aren't going to want that, but I, I think it'll make for spectacular television nonetheless. Yeah. I think you're right about that. That's a great point. And that, that six team, uh, uh, David, uh, we'll, we'll end on this and move on to the next topic here. But, you know, to me, that might be the most intriguing team to watch in all of NASCAR this year is Brad Keselowski in that six car, uh, you know, him coming in, what kind of impact he can have right away, uh, not only as a driver, but as an owner, what he can do to change the mindset there. Uh, I'm very intrigued to see what, what he's able to pull off if, if they're able to turn around from where they've been into this slump the last several years. Well, I can tell you what he's got working for him. Uh, you know, having this next-gen car, it's so new. There's, there, you know, there's not a lot of notes, uh, you know, so it's kind of – and, you know, y'all, you guys know as well as I do, this next-gen car, uh, you know, everybody has the, front, the same front spindles everything's the same. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you buy the same parts and pieces for, from the same people. So it ain't like the end of 2021 when Hendricks or Penske had an advantage because maybe they found something in the, you know, in the front end geometry, uh, uh, you know, all these cars are the same. And I think Brad and his new organization as a team owner driver I think he's going to have success right off the bat. I, I feel that having this new car and it's brand new to everybody that he's right there with the best of them. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, Brad Keselowski is a champion, one of the best race car drivers out there and an organization like right Roush. And, uh, and then you bring Brad to it as an owner, part owner. I just think, man, we're going to see great things and we're going to see them fast, but, but one of the things you brought up, you're asking uh, Dominic about who do you think, uh, you know, we're going to see, you know, obviously run up front. Uh, hang on one second. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see an underdog win this race or, or run really well because, uh, you know, after everybody was testing, Excuse me. After a lot of these test sessions, I was talking to Carl Long, my, my former team owner, uh, that has one of these new next gen race cars. And uh, and actually, this weekend, ice racing, talking to uh, Josh Rooney about uh, Ray, uh, Josh about his cup car. And he was sharing with me, man, how close they were on the times at the last rate, at the last test in Phoenix. He was pleasantly surprised how close they were. So I wouldn't be surprised as you've seen a, a Corey LaJoy, uh, you know, Michael McDowell, or somebody we're not really used to seeing win a race, win a race this weekend. So I, I think, uh, you know, I'm just excited to see how everybody does and how the race plays out. But I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see uh, somebody we're not used to seeing in victory lane, in victory lane. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe a guy like William Byron, who – does so well in iRacing. I we talked to Justin Malo last week, and he was saying, you know, how this track was totally based on iRacing and such. So who knows? Uh, how about BJ McLeod? I mean, you know, yeah. you just, I mean, there's just, there's, you know, Josh Balicki. I mean, uh, our guest we had, uh, uh, you know, four or five weeks ago, uh, uh, driving a 77 car. Landon uh, Castle. Landon Castle. I mean, Landon could, possibly win the race but you know i think this new next gen car it's such a mystery uh but i think everybody's equal everybody's on the same playing field and i wouldn't be surprised if we seen a first time winner as well you know yeah maybe so Dominic, what else is going on yeah so a team that will not be at the clash but finally making a long-awaited debut attempt in the nascar's cup series is floyd mayweather's the money team racing february 1st the team announced on that tuesday they will be attempting the Daytona 500 with Kaz Grala behind the wheel with an ECR-backed engine. They will be fielding the number 50 Pit Viper Camaro for the Gatorade Duels, and they can make their way into the race if they qualify in on time on pole day. But, guys, this was about three years in the making. It's finally happened. This team has been announced. 
Kaz Grawl behind the wheel. He made the 500. He raced his way in last year for colleague racing. Perhaps he could do it again with the 50 team. The uh, 50 team here of uh, Floyd Mayweather. You're talking about Floyd being in the sport now, along with Pitbull, Michael Jordan, uh, Emmett Smith is now involved here. And David, the crazy part about all that is all the guys that just mentioned there have joined the sport since 2020. Dude, it, it just, man, it just says a lot about our industry and the sport. When you got Michael Jordan that, that comes in as a team owner, I mean, the, you know, the GOAT, you know, Michael Jordan, I mean, the biggest name in the world, biggest athlete name, I believe, in the world. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you know, he could participate in any any sport he wants to be involved in, you know, on an NFL football team franchise. He could do anything he wants to do. And we find him in our sport as a team owner. I mean, I'm, I'm, as, I'm so ex- I'm just I feel proud about that. I'm excited to have Michael Jordan. It, and it, it brings new audience. It brings, you know, the, the basketball uh, you know, just lots of new people watching our sport. And then next thing you know, Pitbull's here. Got to visit with him at Nashville last year. What a great, great guy. Uh, team, you know, uh, partnered up with Justin Marks and that new operator, that new team. And uh, now Floyd Mayweather. I mean, man, it's it's unbelievable. Emmett Smith. It just says a lot about you know the 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 health of our industry and how popular. And uh, when you have athletes and performers and, and, and just, ath- you know, people of, of, of the ones we're talking about that want to be a part of it just says a lot about our industry, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sure. the common denominator is, uh, you know, whether you're ice racing, drag racing, motorcycle racing, just all forms of auto racing, you know, the love for fast cars, you know, the love for automobiles. It's good to see these people come into our sport, man. I just think it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what do you think? Uh, Floyd Mayweather getting involved in NASCAR uh, uh, to go along with some big list of celebrities, as we mentioned now, part of the sport. Just like we were talking about, it's, it's uh, NASCAR is doing it where they uh, bringing in everybody, you know, uh, doing everything, doing, doing things different. And, then the, and that proves it, you know, right there. Look at the, the interest of other people that are not uh, drivers and, and, and just NASCAR enthusiasts or, or racing enthusiasts and themselves and want to want to be involved. And, and uh, they may not be able to drive, but they can own a team, you know, uh, and, and make it grow, you know, a business and uh, make it a business. And, and, uh, and it, that, that's what NASCAR brings. So here's what comes to mind for me, Dominic. To get, here's a little visual, what, what I think of here. So we see it every week on Fox. Michael Waltrip does that grid walk, right? He's all goofy and you know, trying to track down the celebrities and such. And I mean, you don't have to worry about celebrities being at the racetrack anymore. They're called the owners now. I mean, that's that's I mean, every single week, Michael Waltrip should be able to track down, you know, MJ, Pitbull, Floyd May- Mayweather. I mean. That's crazy that if if any of those three showed up in any sporting events, they'd be like, wow, look who all's here. And now we're talking about these guys being involved in the sport every week. Absolutely. And man, I was at Nashville, David, you had Kid Rock, I think, on Pit Road. You got to talk. I mean, I'm surprised Kid Rock has not been involved in the sport already even more so because I know he's always out at Michigan. And, yeah, it seems like maybe celebrities are bringing more celebrities into the sport. And what a great thing. What a great thriving time to be in NASCAR. And we see all these people that want to be involved in the sport. NASCAR is on the, on the upswing. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Uh, our final segment before we uh, wrap up today's show is our ask David segment. We ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash David star podcast, Twitter at star podcast and by email, David star podcast at gmail.com. Let's start out with a question from the email inbox. Doug wants to know, David, your hero, Tom Brady, retired this week. What are you going to remember about Tom Brady? Man, you know, it's golly. I, I love Tom just because his man to the dedication he had to the game. Um you know, not just all the games he won, he's won and all the Super Bowls, but Man, you know, I, I think just the passion, uh, you know, 
when you when you play the game of football, it don't ever end. You're you're constantly training, you're studying. I mean, he you just you learn about Tom Brady and and man, people, he's he's the leader, you know. And uh, to have that commitment, that mindset to to being the best of the best year in and year out after winning you know, three or four Super Bowls, he's got seven, you know, that intensity, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I respect, you know, 22 years and man, he almost made it, you know, if, if, uh, you know, the, his team would have had a little bit better, you know, offensive line to, to protect him some, I mean, hell, there's no telling what could have happened, but man, uh, I'm just sad to see him retire. I'm happy for him, but, uh, but man, you know, to keep up that intensity of, of, of the sport of being the best quarterback, uh, you know, he's a leader and that's not an easy process. And, you know, when you, when you got family, you know, families, a, a family and kids, uh, I mean, it, 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 it's somewhat your family is put on the, you know, they're second, they're put on the back burner because man, it's uh it's, it's a huge, huge commitment. And for 22 years, he didn't always have a family, you know, a beautiful wife and the kids he has. And, you know, I guess after, you know, what else does he have to prove? You know, they're going to the all time best quarterback ever with all the wins, you know, you can't blame him, you know, but, I'm just sad. It's sad to see not see Tom Brady. I look forward to seeing him. How many touchdown passes is he throwing? And, and some of the, you know, just the amazing passes and, and just see what he does at 45 years old or 44, however old he is. It's just, you know, even if you're not a, a Tom Brady fan, you got to respect that, that element of what it takes to, to stay at the top for that long. And uh, I, I uh, earlier today I read a quote uh, that he didn't want to commit to uh, God. What did he say? You guys. He might said know. that he didn't want to commit without being all in. He didn't feel like he could be all in on 2022. Yeah, you know when you're all in, man. I mean, your wife, your kids, everything's secondary. You know, and there just comes a point in time after you won seven Super Bowls that, you know, hey, man, I want to go out to dinner. I want to go on a vacation. Uh, you know, I want to relax. I want to go to more sporting events with my kids. I mean, it's understandable, but it's it's amazing to me, extraordinary that you don't see that for somebody to be that good and win that many Super Bowls and be at the top of their, of their industry that long. I, I don't know if we'll ever see that. You know, we, we look at Jimmy Johnson – and look at Jimmy Johnson. We you know we compare that to NASCAR and to see what he did as long as he did it. And and you know what it just comes a time that it's like, hey man, I want to step out and I want to go kind of decompress and spend more time with my family, do other stuff. And then we find him freaking in IndyCar racing because it's you know I don't think it's uh, the intensity and and the mindset and putting everybody else and everything on the back burner. You know, you can only do that for so long, you know, and man, what Tom Brady has done and what Jimmy Johnson has done. And now they're somewhat retired and want to go do other stuff. It doesn't take that type of commitment. You know, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. You guys might know more about football than I do, but I don't know if it ever stops, you know, when you, when you win a, a Super Bowl or, or when you barely mess going to the Super Bowl, I mean, you know, you take two or three weeks off, you take a month off or two months off. It's really not that long. And then you're right back after it because, man, only thing you're thinking is, hey, next this next season, I'm going to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just right. Well, you know. I mean, for Tom Brady, even if he's not practicing or on the field, whatever, I mean, this is a guy that is so dedicated to his TB12 method of fitness and health and what he eats, you know, year round and such. I mean, I kid you not true story guys. Tom Brady's never ate a strawberry in his life. You know, he doesn't eat pizza. I mean, maybe now he can actually relax and enjoy some pizza or strawberry or something here. I mean, that's what we're talking about. The dedication is just nuts for this guy. And that's why he was able to go as long as he did at 44 years old. Greg, uh, what, what do you think of a uh, Tom Brady retiring here? 
like you say, he's he's got nothing left to prove, and uh, he's he earns his he's definitely gonna earn his time off, and hopefully he'll go have and enjoy a pizza and, and get back. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it's just like any any athlete, no matter what you're at, if you, if you don't feel you're gonna be all in, um, it's time. You know, it really is. Uh, Dominic, I know you're a football fan. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, step inside here. I mean, it it feels like a part of our childhoods dying here. And like the last athlete of my childhood is gone and stopped playing around. I would think of Jeff Gordon, Tiger Woods, Kobe Bryant, a lot of these guys in their prime. And Tom Brady was certainly that. And Brett Favre was my favorite quarterback, being a Packers fan always. But Tom Brady and Peyton Manning always at the the close second and third. And I don't think Brady's not going to be playing anymore. I mean, Tyler, I there's not many times I've rooted against the Packers in my life, but I will say I was rooting for Tom Brady last year in the NFC championship game. And I'm glad Brady stuck it to my team and went on to win the Super Bowl. Now, most people would say I'm not a true Packers fan saying that, but I was a fan of Tom Brady and I was, it was awesome to see him win a seventh title. Yeah. For me, it's, it's the story of Tom Brady of being a sixth round draft pick. Uh, that chip on your shoulder mentality and always having to prove people wrong. Yes. I mean, going to the Bucks. you know, can he do it without Belichick? Can he do it at his age? time and time again, even when he was at the University of Michigan, you know, competing for Drew Henson for that job and such. I mean, he has always had a chip on his shoulder. I think it's the best story in the history of the entire NFL is the story of Tom Brady and his success in his career. It won't be matched. His legacy not only is the greatest of all time, but it's also his legacy as the best story that's been told in the history of this league, I think, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Uh, guys, that's, another- how, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful way to put it, dude. That was, that's, <laughs> I don't know, man, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> another question uh, from the inbox. Uh, Eddie wants to know, maybe it's, maybe this is Eddie Vetter sending this in. Um, <laughs> Eddie wants to know, David, uh, will you race in a cup car this year? Uh, that's man. That's a great question. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's hard to answer that question right now with the next gen car. It's a completely different type of race car. Uh, it's more expensive to build. Uh, uh, I, I hope so. I can't really give a definite answer. I'm, I'm excited to announce some news coming up soon, but uh, I hope to be racing in some cup races. But right now, it's not my priority. I'm just blessed and glad to be racing. And uh, But, man, I'm biting at the bit to get in one of those new next-gen cup cars, you know. So uh, I hope so. That's about that's all I can say is I hope so. Greg, we'd love to see David out there again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Dominic, uh, if uh, if David can get out there uh, – I'm intrigued to see, you know, the, the, this car has been known to be such an equalizer of sorts uh, for, for somebody like David here. I mean, this could be a, a real chance for him to show off his talent. Absolutely. And a short track or a super speedway or an intermediate, I think this would be the year to really see an even playing field in the cup series before engineers start able to, to really pick up an edge and, and the crew chiefs doing their thing. But yeah, absolutely. And Dave, we hope to see in some cup races this year. I know you ran seven of them last year. Yeah, well, I hope so. You know, it's uh, it, it'd be cool to. I mean, I I, uh, I think about it. I, I think about it at night a lot. You know, man, what an opportunity for some other drivers uh, that to compete, be able to compete against a, a Kyle Larson, you know, or uh, you know, or a Denny Hamlin, you know. And I, I think this this new next gen car and kind of like Dominic, like you said before the the engineers and everybody start getting an edge, you know, right now it's an equal playing field and, uh, and I'm excited to watch that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the sport and, and man, I wish I had an opportunity uh, with one of the cup teams right now to be equal. I mean, that's as a race car driver, that's everything. You just want equal opportunity. You know, you want equal race cars. You want the same, same engineering, same technology, the same engines, and you know, and then let's go race. You know what I mean? Let the best, you know, the best team, best driver win. So uh, I just, I'm excited for our sport, especially for this coming weekend to see how how the the Cup race go, the class goes at the at the LA Coliseum, and and then moving to the Daytona 500. You know, and seeing how it all plays out. It's it's always exciting every week, and the drama that that NASCAR brings. No matter if you're in the Xfinity Series 
truck series or the cup series, it's going to be a great season of racing. Yeah, I think absolutely will be. Eddie uh, Vetter, we thank you for that uh, question. Enjoy yourself at, uh, at Pearl Jam. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, before we uh, get out of here, Greg, uh, tell us uh, where people can find you and, and more information about uh, what, what's going on with uh, this ice racing. Where can they uh, find out more info? Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, we got a website. Just, uh, just uh, Google uh, uh, Lake Spear Ice Racing. And, uh, and we'll, we'll be there. Awesome. That's great. Dominic, what's going on with you this week? Hey, just continuing to cover the sport. We'll keep doing what we're doing with the RacingExperts.com. Justin Melillo, Jonathan Field, they're doing a, a good job, as always, making sure our, our website's populated with stories and keeping NASCAR fans informed. We're going to have Kyle Stevens out there at the Coliseum this weekend shooting photos for us. So we're looking forward to getting some good, fresh photography to use throughout the year. And, hey, I'll be in Daytona in a couple of weeks alongside you guys. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, you two uh, here in a couple of weeks, and we're certainly going to have a great time. Hopefully things uh, warm up a bit from what they were <laughs> at the uh, Rolex 24 this past weekend. Well, I will David, say, too, uh, Tyler, there's snow in the forecast here in Grants, New Mexico, Tuesday and Wednesday, so let's hope it doesn't – I'm looking forward to not seeing snow. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yes, same here. Same here for sure. David, what's going on with you the next couple of days? Man, just a lot, man. It's just, just so busy uh, uh, just trying to – you know, finalize up our, our NASCAR plans for 2022 so we can make an announcement here soon. Uh, you know, we got our, I got, I got my first race in school February the 27th at the Texas Motor Speedway, uh, getting all our race cars, working with my Uncle Mike, uh, getting everything ready for that. And, um, and uh, man, it's just, uh, you know, uh, trying to enjoy some time with my boys uh, before I, I uh, head to Charlotte next week and then on to Daytona, you know, daddy will be gone for a couple of weeks and just uh, trying to just, uh, there's a lot to cram in a, a, a short day, you know, and uh, we're forecasted to have some ice and snow here in the Dallas Fort Worth area the next couple of days. And, and I, uh, I, I, want, I told a couple of friends, I've seen enough snow to last me a, a lifetime coming from Duluth, Minnesota, because there was snow everywhere. I've never seen anything like that in my life, man. And uh, but man, a busy week, but exciting week, and and really looking forward to watching uh, the the class this weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, certainly will be. We'll look forward to it. We'll recap it all <laughs> coming up next week here on Let's Go Racing. Well, let's put the checkered flag out on this episode. But before we go, a reminder, as always, to subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. New episodes out each and every Wednesday on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Leave us that five-star review or don't leave us one at all. You can also follow us on Twitter at Star Podcast, Facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast. And hit us up on the email inbox, David Star Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. You can find us there. For Dominic Aragon and David Starr, I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next time.